Go ahead and give me that sanity check. <laughs> what? Ooh, too bad, so sad. Looks like you just picked up a derangement, friend. Happy Harvey here, and you'd be insane not to check out Chaotic Click Clacks. That's right, friends. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Etsy and search up Chaotic Click Clacks. Peruse their exotic array of handmade gaming dice. So the next time you're staring into the gaping mall of insanity, you can do so with confidence and style. Remember, Chaotic Click Clacks, where we want to be your clack dealer. Welcome to Maximum Role Entertainment Podcast, where we take the time to interview folks within the gaming industry. Joining us today, we have Stephanie from Tipsy Druid Studios. She is a illustrator, and she currently is working on quite a few different little projects. She is from Colorado, and welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, I'm looking through, actually, you know, I always ask people because it's so cold outside right now, uh, and I live in Germany, what, what's the weather like out in Colorado? I just, I know it's like really cold from all the movies I watch, not, not from experience. <laughs> yeah, we've got some snow on the ground. It's probably about 30, 40 degrees. Hoodie weather, not terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I let the dog outside this morning and he ran out and he peed real quick, maybe like two feet from the door and ran back in. It's pretty cold outside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's all, everything's freezing. So, well, that, that's not too bad. Hoodies. I mean, I, I can deal with that. Um, so <laughs> so well, let's talk about your, uh, your little company you started. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, I came up with it, uh, in the middle of a D and D game, actually, <laughs> Uh, I've been uh, doing art for a very long time. Um, I've always wanted to put my artwork out there for years. It's just sat in a portfolio. Um, and uh, I've had a few concepts for some graphic novels I wanted to get out there. And uh, I just kind of decided, you know, it's time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. I, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, a good way to get some gamers to play D&D with you is to go into a crowded room with the with the D and D book with the little rope attached to it, you throw it in the middle of the room and you pull it back to see who you get. You should do that with your, uh, you know, portfolio. Just go into like random art places and or conventions and just throw it out there to see how many people you can get to come and and look at your stuff. Right. <laughs> Good way to rope people in. Uh, that's cool. How many? Uh, so how big's the portfolio? I'm looking at your Instagram right now and it's it looks amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I think uh, that current portfolio, I think, should all be up on Instagram, but I've got uh, I've got books going back through high school. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you have like a big stock of stuff. Do you, do you pull your images from uh, real things or is it just off the top of your head? Um, sometimes it's off the top of my head. Um, like I'll get inspiration from just about anything. Um, I'm really big into music. So sometimes I'll uh, get images in my head from uh, whatever I'm listening to and paint that, um, or uh, I'll get ideas from our D and D games um, and go from there. Right. Uh, it just kind of varies. <laughs> so for music, we talking like perfect circle and tool and, and those things, or are we talking more like modern 
country or um i'm definitely a bit of a metalhead right, uh cool, cool. led zeppelin's my big thing but i'll go. listen to just about anything so um there you go <laughs> yeah you know and looking at your uh, uh your instagram here uh i noticed that uh, majority of your art is hand drawn. Do you, do you only exclusively do hand drawing or do you do um, digital as well? Um, I have not dabbled with digital. I have a friend who's teaching me Photoshop because I'm uh, definitely interested in looking to uh, try that. Um, but I've always uh, done hand drawn. Um, my favorite medium is uh, watercolor. So everything you'll see posted uh, will be watercolor. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, it's I've interviewed quite a few, uh, you know, artists, illustrators out there, and a lot of them are more digital these days. And they say it, it's got its pros and cons, but not very often you find someone that's got good old fashioned hand drawn uh, work out there. How, uh, how long does it take you to do that? Um, so the things that are posted on Instagram right now, maybe take me two to three hours. Um, they're just very quick <laughs> sketches. <laughs> yeah well i mean for for a few hours that's pretty good you could be you could be right for i mean drawn for uh you know gaming companies for the amount of, you know the rate that you do these i mean some of this stuff looks pretty intense oh well thank you <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you mentioned that you got into a little inspired from D and D. uh before we get into some of that stuff, do you, do you uh, do your character art for all your players? Um, I've done a few uh, portraits of characters for a few of my friends. Um, I've done a few of my characters. There should be two on my Instagram, I believe. Uh, one is an orc I did for a friend, and then there's a cat on there. Um, the cat's uh, my character uh, from my current campaign. Oh, right on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Right on. I see a lot of monsters too. Do you do all the monsters for the game? Uh, or wait, actually, do you DM the game or are you just a player? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just a player. <laughs> I leave uh, the DMing to uh, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> do you, they, they ever ask you like, hey, uh, I know you're going to be in the game, but I need this monster and this monster. You guys are going to fight it. Uh, does that ever happen? Do you ever... It draw your own enemy <laughs> uh it has um i did not play in this campaign um but i have been asked to write up uh stories uh for boss fights um and uh draw out the characters for that so oh, that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that seems even better i mean right <laughs> yeah you know in, in my my group you know i have a uh quite a few people published off there um you know some good gamers, uh, professional DM uh, for hire, uh, a dice maker, but I don't have an illustrator. I need to, I need to brighten, I need to add another eight, the eighth player to be like an illustrator and then we're, we're good to go. <laughs> we can make our own gaming, you know, like a uh, world basically. Right. Yeah. The, the world that we're actually using uh, was created by our DM. He's got his own races, um, just cultures and everything. Um, that's uh, one of the concepts I'm using for this graphic novel. It's just in the note stage right now. Um, 
but just when he was telling me this, all this stuff, I was like, whoa, why don't you have this in a book or something? <laughs> exactly. He's probably waiting for someone that can actually do it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a team effort these days for, uh, uh, you know, setting up graphic novels for D&D. And it's been a really long time since, uh, you know, you see that kind of, of cooperative work um, of like the DM and artist. And they're trying to find these groups to build you know, uh, to have artists within the group, to have people that can write, um, and, and to make that world come, you know, out versus like the DM just sitting there trying to draw all the stuff like I did back in the day. Uh, and again, I can't draw worth, you know, I, stick figures are probably the <laughs> best thing I can do and I can still screw that up. So, uh, <laughs> it'd be nice to, to have that art, you know, ability within the group to, uh, make you know my vision come true and then you know while you're playing so i bet that's a lot of fun for your dm to to have that yeah it's been a lot of fun <laughs> that's you know and so like how many games uh well i mean how many years have you been doing it so i kind of grew up in the D, D community i've always uh as a kid and throughout high school i've sat in on games i've always been a watcher um, I've honestly only started playing maybe about two years ago, my first game. I'm currently in my second campaign, um, and I'm starting a third uh, here in a few weeks I'm excited about. so. Right on. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, starting the new campaign coming up, are, are you going to start pulling from all your portfolios to to have like a stock of of artwork or anything like that for the game? Or are you gonna just start fresh and, and make stuff? I'll probably start fresh. Um, this campaign is going off of Norse mythology. Um, so it's a little different. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So different uh, races um, and everything. So I'm, I've already got concepts in my head. I just need to get out onto paper. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one good thing about fifth edition D&D is that it, it's such a, uh, the system is you can do so much with it and homebrew games is such a big thing now uh, to instead of following the source books and the nothing wrong with the source books but I, I think having a good homebrew game and kind of using some of the stuff you get from the books you know is good but like just coming up with that whole world and you know that's that's awesome that your DM does like entire race and you know, builds the culture and stuff like that, which is, you know, takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, right on. Uh, so when did you start doing your illustrations? When, when did that come about? So the line I have on uh, Instagram right now, my D&D &D versus cats actually started maybe a few months ago. Um, we were in the middle of a game actually and one of our players because we're doing um discord games right now uh because we're just scattered across the states right now yeah i uh, was having technical difficulties uh with his system so we were sitting there kind of bored and i started doodling um a very lopsided dragon and i'm like let's make this more awkward so i added a cat and then the idea clicked in my head i'm like oh i should do cats versus uh 
D&D monsters. Then the Beholder with the cat came about and I started getting requests for different monsters and I started putting my friend's cats in there. And now I've got a huge list of uh, monsters and uh, cat requests. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I like the the Beholder and the cat. I, I'm partial to Beholders. I had them yes. for, <laughs> I, I put those in there randomly. I have it for our uh, Halloween special. One of the bosses at the very end was a giant Beholder that taunted them. And, and uh, I do a lot of sound effects and, and stuff in my game. So it was nice to change the voice of, you know, the Beholder. So he had his own deep voice and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. It, it's just something, it, it's a classic monster from D&D. It's one of the first. It was the scariest thing back when I played first edition. You walk into a room and a giant brain-sized creature with a ton of eyeballs uh, roaming around uh, was pretty scary because it floats it doesn't have anything propelling it. It's just floating in the air. And so I think that's just one of those creatures where it's so captivating. Uh, but to add yeah. cats to it, that's insane. In, in a good way. Um, so. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Okay. I was just thinking cats are kind of a-holes and, you know, it's just would be funny to see all these scary D&D monsters just being totally annoyed by them. <laughs> like, let's see what can push their buttons. Just have like cats everywhere. So in the game, are the cats going to be, uh, can they speak or are they just going to be milling around, you know? We haven't really introduced the cats to the game, <laughs> but I'm definitely going to bring that up now. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It started off where they're just roaming around, and next thing you know, it's like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, whoa. It's like a whole puss in boots situation. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. And, and what about dogs? I see you got a lot of dog photos. I mean, what about those guys? Oh, yeah. So um, in real life, I'm actually a dog groomer. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, yeah, this is like my uh, side hobby, um, which I'm trying to make, you know, my real life hobby. Um, and a lot of the dog portraits are uh, dogs that I've groomed or I've done commissions to do dog portraits on. Um, so that's what I originally started doing to get my artwork out there. I was like, oh, I'll just do dog portraits. And then I'm like, I'm with dogs all the time and I love them, but I'm like, I really love monsters. So I kind of just switched gears. <laughs> all right. Now, I mean, that makes sense. Uh are you going to have any monster dogs or cats or is it just going to be monsters and then keep the, you know, the household pets like normal looking? Um, I've thought about doing dogs as well. Uh, we'll see. I, I kind of want to get through some more monsters with the cats um, and then we'll see from there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is it, uh, all I'm thinking it's like the Alice in Wonderland kind of cats like milling around and, and people. <laughs> Uh, or the cat creatures from video games. Do you play any video games of that I, sort to get inspiration? I am a huge gamer. I've been playing World of Warcraft uh, since the beginning. Um, anything fantasy, uh, Witcher, um, uh, Skyrim, Zelda. I'm kind of all over the board with that. <laughs> I mean, they're all RPGs. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I started playing well, uh, also when it first came out and like the pre, you know, before the online MMO, but, 
I just couldn't stay in the wow world. I had to get out of it. It just wasn't that fun for me anymore. And my daughter plays it. Um, and I can't believe it's still around almost 20 years. Two th or 2024, it'll be 20 years. And I'm just surprised yeah. it's still there. Like, I don't, I, it's hard to believe that they can continue to go that high. There, there's eventually, there's a capping point, I'm sure. I actually just recently came back. I did take a five-year hiatus uh, from the game. Oh, um, only five. I did. That's, that's nothing wrong. <laughs> right? But my friends are like, uh, we need a healer. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm doing real life stuff. They're like, no, this is your life. You need to come back to us. <laughs> oh, God. I couldn't even imagine like stepping back. Like, oh, I got this. You know, everything's fine. And then it's like a whole new setup. And you're like, uh, what, what's happening right now? <laughs> I, that's how it was. I, I always took little breaks. Uh, four years is a pretty long break. I mean, nothing wrong with that. And I'd come back and I'd be like, what happened to this, this, and this? And then I was like, oh, bummer. That's uh, that is way different than what I remember it being. Right. I actually just downloaded Classic. I was like, you know, let's go back and see that. And I'm kind of digging it. It's harder and there's more challenges with it. Um, I almost kind of like it better than the current state of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I started with the Classic, so that's all I remember. I just remember grinding for months at a time yes. to, to get to level 10. Uh, and I realized that I've wasted so much of my time and... I was still running games at that time, but I did get a lot of inspiration from, you know, WoW and, and, and those kind of games, especially Skyrim. Do you get any uh, art inspiration from, you know, the graphic level of like uh, of MMOs and stuff like that that just make you want to sit back and draw or build like a dungeon based off of something of Skyrim? Um, I have done some fan art off of the games I, or, or yeah, off the games I play. Um... So I definitely pull inspiration off that. Um, All right. <laughs> well, so not only creatures, so you do, uh, do you do like uh, city maps, dungeons, uh, any anything like that, or is it just monsters? Um, I have not done any maps um, or any dungeons like that. Um, I've always done uh, with, if you look at all my art, usually it's some sort of life form. Um, I'm tr I'm working on uh, doing landscapes and whatnot right now. Oh, um, just so uh, when I get to the point of putting uh, these uh, graphic novels and comics on paper, you know, I'm not just creatures. <laughs> right, right. You gotta, so. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get all the stuff around the creature and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, God, I'm just caught up. I'm still caught up on one of my portfolios like it's just you have so much art that's just sitting there and uh are, are you gonna digitize any of it i don't know if it's possible i don't again i don't know how the digital from hand drawing gets on there because uh you know i i got your your beholder with the cat and um i was like oh it's a it's a ping file i didn't i, I thought it was going to be like a jpeg but nope it was like a ping file and it came in pretty good it, it was nice you know, awesome. And, and uh, how do you get it from the paper into like digital like that, besides just scanning it? Because I feel like it doesn't work like that. Well, actually, I do go 
down uh, to a copy place and have it scanned uh, digitally. And then I have a good friend who is very nice and uh, he kind of takes the background away from me. Um, he gave me the idea. He's like, you should make some of these things into stickers. I was like, oh, oh. yeah. That's a great idea. So the reason why there's nothing behind the beholder is he, uh, you know, took everything away. So that way um, I can print it out as a sticker. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, that's another little side thing you can do while you're doing art. You start posting uh, stickers of all your stuff. Mm -hmm. or, or I'm sure there's there's got to be people out there, including myself, that would be like, oh, do this. You know, can you draw this and then turn it into a sticker? I mean, that could be an avenue that that'll help feed into your uh, your illustrations, because that stuff's really expensive when you start going to publish and do stuff like that. Yeah, uh, one of the points he made, too, because uh, one of my go <laughs> one of my personal goals is I would love to have a stand at Comic-Con <laughs> oh, yeah. with my art um, of everything I could do. I'm like, I just want to go to Comic-Con. Um, and he's like, you know, not everyone has room for like big pieces of art, but stickers are small. They're cheap. They're easy to make. He's like, just put your art on a bunch of stickers and have those and uh, you can get it out there a little easier. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's why a lot of the monsters don't have backgrounds because uh, I have stickers in mind. <laughs> no, that, that, I mean, that's good. That's how I use the, I, I get those files and that's how I do a lot of my stuff um, for uh, logos and covers. I always have people do my character arts and everything because again, I can't draw. So I always ask for, you know, JPEG, the ping file, so it doesn't have like any background or anything so I can put anything I want. And then the alteration file, because I use Adobe Edition, but I don't know how to use, or I mean, Adobe Illustrator, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to use it. And I have all these powerful programs and I'm like, eh, I'll figure it out one day. Um, do, do you have any of the programs or you just, again, you just source <laughs> the, uh, those abilities out? Uh, I don't. Uh, I I use my friend. <laughs> He's offered to teach me and I'm like, yes, as soon as I get the program, I will hit you up and we can, uh, we can sit down and learn this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are there any cons in your area? The, the, oh, I guess, specify, um, conventions, not, not cons, <laughs> but, uh, do you have any conventions in Colorado? Yeah. Uh, we have the Denver comic-con. Um, and then there's also one in Colorado Springs, we also have one called Starfest. Um, trying to think. I know there's a few others um, that come around. I think we have an anime con that comes around every year. That's cool. You can do a so, bunch of yeah. anime stickers and stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, that's not a bad idea to set up a little sticker booth, and, and uh, you wouldn't have to have a huge table. So, you know, they might be able to squeeze in there. I, I've actually never been to a con, so I just imagine, you know, I've been to job fairs and stuff back in the day, so I just imagine it's just tables lined up and people walking around with bags and stuff. If it's not like that, then, you know, I definitely want to go and check out some of those cons. Oh, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I mean, you get the booths, but the, my biggest uh, thing is I love people watching, seeing everyone dressed up in their cosplay. It's like you never know what you go you're gonna see it's uh it's pretty cool <laughs> i know one of my players is like 
I made some joke in the game about something. And she's like, no, you have to use baby powder. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, that's the only way the leather sticks. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, she's like, I cosplay. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea how, that, how... those poor people walking around those cons is sweating. Ugh. You know, it just, it's one of those weird things. But it would be cool because, you know, these days the cons or the cosplay is more accepted and, and uh, there's so many people doing it. We're back in the 90s and 80s and early 2000s. It was like uh, shunned upon or, you know, you're just labeled as a nerd. But, you know, I, I don't think nerd's really a... a you know, a high school or school, like, bad term anymore. It's just like, yeah, okay. I, I read comic books or I draw or I play D&D. &D. Um, it's not the same anymore. Oh, definitely not. Like, I grew up reading uh, comic books and graphic novels and, you know, definitely not as many people back then. But now if I say it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, what's your favorite? Or, you know, what are you reading? And, you know talk to just about anyone about it now so it's pretty cool who's your favorite uh illustrator out there like in our our D, D world or our fantasy world um i'm really big into todd mcfarlane a uh, big spawn fan yeah um i absolutely love his artwork um oh, i'm kind of all over the place i couldn't really name anyone else off the top of my head i just oh, yeah I, I, <laughs> I don't know any of so them. many I know Derek Stevens, and that's it because I'm friends with him. That's probably the only person I, I, uh, I can think of off the top of my head that's a really awesome illustrator. Um, besides Kevin Smith and all those crew, but he doesn't. Oh yes, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He just writes, you know, the comic books, but yeah, stuff like that. Well, that's cool. Right on. Um, the only convention I'd love to go to is a dice convention. I have tons <laughs> of dice. You ever draw any dice? So uh, I actually, uh, a friend of mine does a podcast and he was asking me to do a sketchup of uh, like a logo for him. And I've done a few uh, sketches of a D20 hitting the ground and it exploding and like monsters coming out of it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I think that's all of us. We all have a dice. Like I have a dice on mine with my, for instead of the 20, it's my logo for my crumpets and kerosene podcast. And I, I think all D and D podcasts has like a D 20 on there or a set of dice right. somewhere <laughs> on there. I mean, that's how, you know, it's a D and D podcast. You can just put, you know, a name of something and the people are like, Oh, cool. It must be like a true crime thing. Now you gotta have like something that shows it's D and D, uh, what better way right. than, you know, some dice. Uh, but yeah. having a bunch of monsters coming out of it, that's awesome. I was thinking it was going to blow up into like all the other dice underneath it. But uh, I, I I actually have been trying to find, I want to get a D20 that's broken open like an egg. And the yolk is just all the other dice falling down on the ground. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Almost like a Salvador Dali type thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And that you could probably shove that up on the wall, and somebody be like, "Hmm, awesome! I like this. I'll take it." And <laughs> be like, "Oh, it's a hundred thousand dollars." I'm set. Uh, right. So, do you? So, when you get, do commissions and stuff, uh, what? Yeah, you don't have to say what your prices are, but what, what's an average price for uh, one of your your commissions? Um, 
Um, so I've only really done dog commissions so far, the dog portraits, and I usually charge about $50 uh, for a dog. <laughs> um, so I haven't really uh, priced it out, although I've had a few uh, people ask uh, for like D&D uh, sketches. Um, yep. I'm still kind of working out the details on that. <laughs> yeah, it just, uh, it just depends. Like in the D&D world, you'll find a lot of illustrators will have like uh, drawing or line, I don't know what it's called, but they just do the outline of the character and then another one, they kind of fill in the character. And then the last one is like, they'll put a background or something. Uh, that's usually the, the flow of, of character art stuff. Yeah. I mean, I asked uh, uh, Derek Stevens, the, the guy that, that the one illustrator that's somewhat noble that I know of, uh, I was like, oh, can you get the character stuff? And he did a really good job. And he's like, oh, let me throw a background on for you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, would you? Because, yeah. like, I like backgrounds and stuff. And, I'm, and he, like, sent me a dragon. He sent me a character. And then he put a, the character and the dragon on the same page. So it was, like, getting three in one. And I, I was super excited about that. Because that's going to be the main <laughs> villain for my season two of my show. And, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh you know that's again just looking at your art i've just been trolling your your uh <laughs> your instagram page and, and checking out all your stuff uh i really like your monsters they're really detailed and uh you know especially this uh looks like a troll yeah wait um, is that a troll or a goblin let me see <laughs> uh, <laughs> i it looks like a troll and then that, that thing beneath it, the weird eye and the curled hands, I think it's a dinosaur hybrid thing with one giant eyeball. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, there's a cat with the little... Oh, uh, the Nothic uh, with the big green eye. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like, I like things with like big eyes. I don't know why. Just one big eye. Yeah, that was a D&D uh, monster I had not heard of before. Apparently, it's a type of sorceress that gets too far into arcane magic and turns into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah, you, you got a lot of good, <laughs> a good color and shading. Um, what's your oh, gelatinous cube? I like that. What's the, uh, how many colors do you do on average for uh, a piece of work? I know some people like, uh, I hear that they can only have five colors to like put on shirts and stuff like that, or they can't be more than five. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I've never thought about that. Actually. I just kind of, I just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I messed up for my, uh, my logo, my crumpets and kerosene logo is that I had an artist that didn't play D and D and she did an amazing job on it for never, I had to send her a picture of, of dice and stuff because uh, she didn't know what a D20 was or anything like that. And then the stuff she did send me had like the D&D logo. And I'm like, oh, can't use that. It's trademarked. Uh, and so I, I had to like send her pictures of actual dice. And uh, I actually sent her dice so she has her own set. So she has an idea of what they look like and I can hold them or whatever. And uh, it's just one of those things where uh, she did a whole bunch of colors and then when I went to go put it on the shirt, they're like, oh, you have way too many colors. You, you can have, you can't have more than four or five. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go in and change, modify my colors uh, to where they're more, uh, it wouldn't cost me like 
an extra $45 for a shirt uh, just because I added two extra colors to it because uh, apparently it gets really expensive after that. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine as an artist, you just like fill in the colors as you, you see it in your head. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like a lot of them, you, you pretty much stay with like three to four, some five colors, which is awesome. Uh, you know, you do a lot of monster art, not clothed, nothing wrong with that. And it seems like, you know, you really have a good eye for creating monsters. I, yeah, they look amazing. Yeah, usually my go-to for years when I'm bored, I'll just draw dragons. Um, like uh, uh, right after the dogs, uh, there's a rainbow dragon. I was just really bored one day and that just kind of came out. <laughs> hey, dragons are, that's like, I mean, that's, that's Dungeons and Dragons. You can't have Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> without a dragon or a beholder. I mean, that's, again, your beholder oh, is yeah. amazing. I oh, like, <laughs> is it like all, is it a brain uh, beholder? It looks like you modeled its skin off of like a, like of a brain or something with eyeballs. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I was honestly just playing around with some, um, liquid masking fluid oh, okay. um, and then that's uh that's kind of the pattern that came out there was really no um nothing to my madness there <laughs> okay okay i was gonna say because that's horrifying if a giant brain uh <laughs> started going towards me in game i'd be like oh uh, yeah, uh, we're out we're out we can't do this you know uh, <laughs> yeah no that's cool um that's one of the cool things I like about artists is that like you just if you don't have any direction, you'll just go freehand and what comes out is so amazing. And, you know, can be these days, you know, dungeon masters can now have the resource to go and find an illustrator instead of just sticking with the same old monster in the book. And, you know, you guys have this creative, you know, hand that you can make all that stuff come you know, to light where like the DM all, you know, all we do is, you know, design the world and story. We just can't, well, some of us can't put it on paper, <laughs> like an <laughs> illustrated way, uh, like yourself. So the, uh, the D and D your next campaign, are you going to be running that one? Or is that something you're going to be, uh, participating in as a player again? Um, I'll be as a player. Um, this is actually my first fifth edition game. So I'm really excited about that. Um, the past few games I've played have been uh, played using the hero system. So a little bit different rules. Um, so I'm really excited to get into the actual, you know, fifth edition <laughs> yeah. game. So. Uh, have you looked at a, what, what, do you have a favorite art? Uh, out of the monster manual or have you looked into the, the monster manual? Um, I have, uh, I don't own the books now. I used to have them, but, um, I don't really have any, uh, favorites per se. Um, so many good monsters out there. <laughs> it's yeah. probably my favorite part of the game. <laughs> so. Just a ton of monsters. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I don't really have a favorite monster. I love uh, second edition 
D&D. Uh, I grew up playing first and second, and the Monster Manual for second edition, uh, one of them, uh, they, they have a few out. Uh, I can't stop using them because they're, they are like the style that you do it. Someone hand drew all of those mm -hmm. versus, you know, going through a computer because, uh, again, it was the 80s and 90s and, you know, this digital wasn't really a, a you'd have to pay so much money and it was very rare to even have digital uh, print. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, I think 3.5 and 3, when it came out, everything was so digital that uh, I just lost the appeal of the the character stuff within the game because it didn't look uh you know, like that raw hand-drawn artwork like you have and, you know, the older editions. Right. Some of the digital work that's out there, like I have a friend who is a graphic artist um, uh, and her work is beautiful, but there's just something about uh, people who do like oil or acrylic or watercolor. I just, I love that look and that feel of it um, over the digital stuff just a little bit more. <laughs> Oh God! Well, I am I'm, I'm an art person, and I just love the to have it know that someone took the time. I mean, they take the time doing digitally. Don't get right. me wrong, <laughs> Derek. Don't don't get upset because he he <laughs> to these. But uh, it's that that hand drawn thing when you're looking at it that you know the person like was leaning over the table and drawing and you know, and you can see the strokes of the, the you, you know, the pens or the paint or whatever you're using. And uh, I just get a, a good feeling from it. Although it's hard when I don't, again, with, with COVID and everything going on, it's hard to have, you know, a table of players to sit around and, and show off the stuff. So uh, having it digitalized isn't too bad. And then, uh, but it, yeah, I'm old, I'm old school. I like the good old uh, hand-drawn stuff myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of a question I always ask everybody at the uh, towards the end. Did you have a question before I get into our last one? Any, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. Some people are like, hey, I got a bunch of questions. Uh, so this question, it, it, well, it's not really a question. It's more of a, a scenario. So if you were trapped in a, let's say, a basement D&D setting, uh, the, the original you're stuck in a basement for 24 hours and you had one person to play with uh living or dead any any point in history uh one set of dice and uh you have the player's handbook and one other book from any edition uh what would those be and if you pick a famous like a celebrity you have to say like what movie uh you would pick from because I feel like a lot of people pick certain actors because they're they're really cool, but I'm like, yeah, they're probably not like that outside of that character. So, like, what would that? Character <laughs> oh man, um, I'd probably pick Simon Pegg. Hmm. He seems like he'd be pretty chill to sit down and play a game with. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. As far as movie goes, um, oh gosh, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe uh, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because would he DM the game or would you DM the game? Oh, man. Um, 
I'd like to see him DM the game, see what he comes up with. <laughs> and it'd probably be a Shaun of the Dead style game. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, uh, uh, oh, dang it, I forgot the name of it. But they got, it's like a pub crawl and they it's like the end of the world or whatever. And, eh. Anyway, uh, and so besides the player's handbook, what other book would you have? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> You gotta have a monster manual. <laughs> well, yeah, I always say that. I feel like people have listened to it. Go say monster manual. Uh, I, you know, I would use the monster manual just because I create my own world anyway, and uh, I just need monsters because again, I can't, you know, I don't, ha I can't draw, so I couldn't draw a creature and be like, "This is what you're fighting." I have to like show people, "This is it. <laughs> this is this is what you're doing." Uh, so yeah, the monster manual. That's a good one. I like it. I like it. Um, and then what type of dice would you have? Um, I mean, a few D20s. Uh, I've got my, <laughs> with the, the Hero Edition, we just use the D6, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. You know, I just, I spoke to, a, um, I interviewed some folks uh, the other day, and they, they make board games, or they make, they made one board game, board game, and they made another one. They're in the UK. And <laughs> they took a six-sided dice, and for this game they created, it's uh, one, two, three, and then one, two, three again on the dice. So it's like, oh. uh, and, and that's how their game is done. It's it's two six-sided dice, but with uh, you know up to three uh, twice on that. It's confusing, but at the same time, uh, really inventive. I like that, and that was a. Uh, that was like a cool concept of death. That, yeah, that, yeah, that is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be able to practically do that for D and D or for like, well, yeah, for most D and D games. Although it'd be nice to have some for like half damage, or if you, yeah, if you get half damage and you have to go roll one d six divided by three, I'd rather just roll one of those dice and it's either going to be a one, two, or three. At least right. <laughs> or if you got to attack someone. Have that dice to roll around that's cool i like it um i always change my answer for if i was to be trapped in the basement with someone uh for 24 hours uh it's i would have to go with um oh man i've done so many of these it's hard to, to <laughs> want to be, be trapped with someone for 24 hours uh, <laughs> um i would have to go Hmm. Yeah, I I probably want to play. Uh, actually, I just have my wife down there. Uh, she doesn't play D and D, but we would have to play D and D for twenty four hours. So then maybe she would get into it. So, <laughs> and and I'd have the monster manual just so I can show her what the creature looks like. And uh, I would uh, metal dice because she hates metal dice, and so I'd, I'd have those down there just to bring her back into it. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, some people like they. Uh, I've interviewed them, and they've been with their significant other next to them because uh, they play in the same D and D podcast together, and they pick completely different people. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then, uh, one guy picked his uh, sister in law, <laughs> not his, not his <laughs> wife, but his sister in law, uh, and uh, his wife was like, you know, uh, she plays D and D with them, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, right on, people. Yeah. That's new. I like it. I like it. 
So uh, <laughs> great answers. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was really nice having you on for this episode. Yes. And, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, we definitely have to bring you back. Uh, and you can give us an update when you get more illustrations done or you, you, you brush off those mini tomes you have of art sitting around and <laughs> get them uploaded. We could talk about those some more and then yeah. you know, get it out there. So thanks again for joining us on Maximum Rule. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Rule. Join us each week as we interview folks within the gaming and entertainment industry, such as writers, illustrators, artists, podcasts, Twitch and YouTube streamers, social media content creators, handcrafted gaming apparel and merchandise, and much more. You can find Maximum Roll on Apple and Spotify and anywhere else you find your podcast. If you want to be interviewed on the show, just email us at MaximumRollEntertainment at gmail.com or Instagram at Maximum underscore Roll underscore Entertainment underscore LLC. And if you like Maximum Rule, check out some of the other Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and streams on the Maximum Rule Entertainment Podcast Network, such as, uh, you know what, I'm just going to let them tell you about their shows. Looking for a unique and fun twist to your normal D&D podcast? Well then check out Crumpets and Kerosene. This international podcast came together from the United States, Canada, Norway, and Germany. This fun filled homebrew game takes our adventures from the modern world into a land of roving gangs of killer clowns, creepy British children, the mating habits of dragons, and even Santa Claus. Join Jason, Alora, Merle, Sophia, Quentin, and Serene as they quest their way through the realms of mystery and evil. You can find Crumpets and Kerosene on Apple, Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, and everywhere you find podcasts. You can also find us on Patreon. Search Crumpets and Kerosene and get even more wild and crazy fun. Hey, hey, stop on by DD420.com. We're a guild of role players brought and bound together by Common Drive, the love of role playing games. We bring our individual skills and personalities together to breathe life into the worlds and games created by our game masters. We also offer podcasts such as Late Night with Jess and Jam. We have custom content, a bestiary for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons and a Discord server where you can find games or just hang out and make new friends. That's dnd420.com. Need some excitement on that morning drive to work? Welcome, adventurers, to Constructed Chaos, a live play Dungeons & Dragons podcast full of unpredictable antics, borking doggos, and engaging fantasy storytelling and roleplay. With sessions recorded in a professional studio setting, you'll feel every bit of the action and hear every snide remark by the snarky NPCs. Jump in and have a listen to our flagship campaign, The Wrath of Zealous, to help us construct some chaos. We also have Adventurers Roundtable joining us on the network. If you have a podcast or a show that you want to join the network with, email us at MaximumRollEntertainment at gmail.com and we'll see what we can do. Take care. In a world of magic and mystery, where danger lurks around every corner, a new type of hero emerges. Brave. Resourceful, potty trained. I, I, poo, I, I, I pooped in my pants. Well, maybe not potty trained. Coming soon only to the Crumpets and Kerosene Patreon. It's babies and broadswords.
Games like Dungeons and Dragons are more popular than ever. But with tons of rules, mountains of books, and so many dice, it can be hard to know where to get started. That's where Dungeoneering with Jason comes in. We're Dungeon Masters for Hire. Take a break and let us run your next game. One-on-one -on -one tutorials are also available for new DMs. Contact Dungeoneering with Jason today. Adventure is just a click away.